Hello everybody and welcome to the Anita Posho, a Bitcoin-only podcast. Today's guest is from Austria like me. It's Johannes Zweng. Johannes is a back-end engineer and software developer at Austria's first Bitcoin broker, Coinfinity. Johannes and I are walking through new techniques that will enable future use cases of Bitcoin and Lightning. They will improve privacy and make paying with Bitcoin and Lightning much more convenient. As always, you can watch this interview on YouTube or you grasp the opportunity to be amongst the early adopters and listen to it in a Lightning-enabled podcast app like Breeze, Sphinx Chat or the Fountain app where you can stream Satoshis while you are listening. I have to excuse myself for the bad audio quality of my voice in this recording. I forgot to use the microphone in the right way. Uh, this even happens after 135 episodes. So I hope you enjoy the episode despite this mistake. And um, now on to our sponsors and then to the show. Thank you. Living on crypto is easier than you think with Bitrefill. Choose from over 4,000 gift cards and mobile top-up options from around the world. I used Bitrefill to top up my phone when I was visiting Zimbabwe. It was easy, worked like a charm, and I even earned sats back. Pay with Bitcoin, Lightning, Ethereum, Dash, Tether over Tron, and many more options. No account is necessary. Join the thousands of users around the world who are living on crypto today using Bitrefill. Join now at bitrefill.com and start earning sats back with each purchase. That's bit refill.com Learn Bitcoin will teach you the why and how to use Bitcoin. Learn Bitcoin provides the necessary basics to keep you in control of your money. Johannes Grill, President Bitcoin Austria. Order your copy now at learnbitcoin.link. That's learnbitcoin.link. Are you ready for lightning-fast Bitcoin transactions? Paxful has you covered. The Lightning Network has arrived at Paxful, which means you can send and receive Bitcoin within a matter of seconds, all with much lower fees. With seamless integration onto the Paxful platform, making easy transactions has become even cheaper and faster. It's as simple as accessing the Lightning tab on your Paxful wallet. Head over to Paxful and try it out now at anita.link slash paxfulln. That's anita.link slash paxfulln. Hello, Johannes Zweng. Welcome to the Anita Post Show. Hello. Good morning. Nice Great to, to have you. Also, great to yeah, <laughs> uh, great to have you, Johnny. Uh, we know each other for I think four years or something like that. Yes, I guess we met 2017, 18 around. Yeah, at one of the Bitcoin Austria meetups, maybe, or I visited you at Coinfinity in Graz. It was in Graz, yes, I remember. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah, cool. So, uh, Johnny, I invited you because you're a software developer. Yes. Um, and you know a lot about Lightning and Bitcoin. And um, at the beginning, would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Uh, yes, my name is Johannes Zweng, or almost all people call me Johnny. I guess it's easy for the English listener. Um, I am working as a backend engineer at Coinfinity. It's one of the, the oldest Bitcoin broker in Austria. And yeah, I, yeah, 
working there as backend engineer, maintaining full nodes, uh, lightning infrastructure, and also developing our backend together with my colleagues. So the backend of the, the brokerage, basically, the online site. Yes, it's not the on, not only the online site, it's uh, one system which uh, serves several distribution channels like ATMs and others and uh, external clients. But yes, it's, uh, in the end, it all ends at the blockchain and there is the backend. Mm -hmm. And uh, when did you start this special? I think you specialized a little bit uh, about the Lightning Network. When did you start that? Oh, when I guess when it came up. <laughs> no, <laughs> so no, from I, the very beginning. So I, I just was uh, interested when it came up and was finishing, uh, finishing, following the the development and just following the mailing list, reading stuff, and it's came by itself, I guess, so, yeah. And uh, how did you find out about Bitcoin? Uh, to be honest, by accident or luck, I guess. Uh, I It was back 2011, I was studying computer science and as I was working alongside my study, I was not in minimum time and back then the, the curriculum uh, ran out, so I had to finish until November of 2011. So it took some time off work to study and do my final exams and write my thesis. And in this time, I stumbled over this internet forum, uh, uh, the Bitcoin org forum, also the, the forum Bitcoin org and this community and yeah, just found it interesting. And so it was just by accident, I guess. And later on in 2012, I found about, also I learned about this uh, Austrian meetup group, the Bitcoin Austria, which nowadays, I guess, is one of the oldest. Bitcoin non-profit organizations in Europe or even the world, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. We were, we were founded in 2011. Yes, so I was not there in 2011, but yeah, um, me <laughs> <laughs> I, I joined the meetups. It was in MetaLab uh, behind the Vienna City Hall, this small hacker space. And yeah, I enjoyed the company there. It was socializing, drinking beer, Club uh, Mate and talking about stuff. And this is how I came into this topic. And I definitely did not see this broader vision behind that. It was it was very technically round, and it was just fun uh, talking with other people about this and learning stuff. And yeah, so you, you you didn't have this huge vision that one day maybe Bitcoin is a global reserve money or will be used globally. Uh, back then, definitely not. So it's really I just learned a lot along the way, and uh, I. I also see things differently now, um, but that's, also, of course, other people had more of this vision, I guess, and also invested some money back then, I guess, but um, for me, it was a learning process over the time, and what back then I just saw it was, okay, interesting protocol, and it's, uh, it's this new concept of this chain with uh, signatures and hashes and stuff, and it's, for me, it's the, uh, from a technology point, it was easy to understand and to learn and but um, what I did not see and what I learned later is that this is not what Bitcoin makes uh, what makes Bitcoin up this is not what Bitcoin makes secure Bitcoin is a, a social system a social socio-technical system and Bitcoin is uh, what it is today because so many people all over the world are following this protocol are doing also are following these rules people in different countries in different legislations, different continents with different beliefs. And this, this is what Bitcoin, what makes Bitcoin so strong. And 
together with this property of the limited uh, supply, this makes it a strong and really distributed money. And now we are still in the beginning. So Bitcoin started being distributed just yesterday. Also it's not that much time and it's not built for the next two years or so. It's built for the next century or at least decades, I would say. And like, like a drop of water, you, you let fall on a blotting paper, which dissipates slowly. Bitcoin still needs to dissipate around the world. So every day more people learn about Bitcoin, use Bitcoin, get access to this technology. And the more this dissipates around the world, the more it will become this money of the future. And, but this is, yeah, this is nothing which came to me back then. So. <laughs> at the beginning so yeah. i think everybody needs to learn a little bit about bitcoin so it's not like you you read three articles and then you know everything about bitcoin it's like a longer process um i mean it's also the same for me i mean every day i'm learning something new although i'm doing this for four years now uh and and full-time like you um and I guess there are also many um, new technologies coming up where you always have to like learn again because you also don't know them. It's uh, yes. Also back then I was uh, thinking, okay, there's happening so much in Bitcoin. There was a lot of new opcodes and stuff and soft forks, but now it is. It's it's not. It's got even worse in a good sense. So there's there's happening so much that you cannot also nowadays you, you have to decide which uh, path to follow you cannot learn everything there's so much around bitcoin or on top of bitcoin layer two solutions also on the layer one you have this strong consensus everybody must follow the same rules also every full node implementation must know exactly the same also the same rules but on layer two you have much more uh, degrees of freedom how to implement stuff how to design stuff and then you have even stuff built on top of lightning applications and like LNURL or whatever. And so you, I guess you can't really follow everything, but there are a lot of interesting paths, which leads to some future use cases. I hope we will mm -hmm. see this soon. And you basically, you have to get more specialized. That's what you're saying. And I, I, I yeah. also see that. I mean, I can't talk about everything in Bitcoin in my podcast because that's not the time to do it. And I would have need to research so many things. It's not possible anymore. And I think in the first year, when you, years when you were talking about Bitcoin, you, you knew everything. I mean, uh, I, I was talking to Jörg Platzer in an earlier video, the, the bartender of room 77 in Berlin. And he said, you know, back then you knew everybody who was in Bitcoin, every single person. Uh, and I mean, with, I don't know how many million users all around the world now, that's of course, for sure not possible anymore. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of new developments. I mean, Bitcoin Core itself is developed very slowly because it needs to be secure. Uh, there may no be, not be any hiccups or something like that because that would destroy the trust in Bitcoin uh, in, the, in the base layer code. But on Lightning, there's very much experimentation also going on and we see a lot of new developments. Mm -hmm. Also with, with uh, Bitcoin Core, um, we see Taproot, which will be activated, I think, in about two weeks. Yeah, a little bit more than two weeks. A little bit more, yeah. So um, let's talk a, bit, a, a little bit about the new developments and new possibilities that will come with Taproot and in the Lightning Network uh, in general. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so, 
Could, exactly. Could you please explain uh, what Taproot is and how it will affect Bitcoin? Yes, I will try. Um, as you said before, uh, Bitcoin Core or Core Protocol is developed slowly, but I think this is a, is a strength of Bitcoin and not a weakness. Because as I said before, I think we are building here stuff for the next decade. So it's really important to be careful with design decisions. And so it's uh, good to hear. It was good to see that uh, the Taproot update was uh, so uh, really everybody was uh, for it. So there was no almost no voices against because it was really everybody saw it as a positive uh, change for Bitcoin. Uh, I want to shortly, but please stop me if it's getting too long or uh, ask questions, shortly explain what exactly Taproot will enable us to do. Um, today, also when you look at the blockchain, a transaction uh, consists of inputs and outputs. An output is where you send money. Also from a user point of view, you send it to an address. On the blockchain, you have mostly two types of outputs. You send to a single key address, like your wallet, or some more complex scripts. Also in Reality, there is, also, behind the matrix, there is no address. In reality, there's a, a Bitcoin script. This is more a scripting language and which allows you to form, so formulate conditions, which the receiver needs to fulfill so that he can spend the money or so that he or she can prove that she's allowed to spend the money. All mathematically secure. And on the blockchain, you can differentiate, differentiate these two. So uh, if I send to a complex script, everybody, when this money is moved, everybody can see the script. Um, let me, but how can I explain this? Let me give a small example. Imagine you and me are playing, also for, for Bitcoin scripts, it's done, also for, for longer scripts, it's done by sending to a pay to script hash address. And I want to explain how, what this means in, in normal word. At examples. So for example, we are playing a game uh, where I came up with a number. So let's guess my number. I make up a random number in my head and you have to guess it. During the game, how can you know that I don't change the number in my, in my mind so that uh, I fool you and you have, so that you lose the game? So what we can do is I can make up my number, write it on a piece of paper and put it in a, in a letter and put it on the table. After the game, you can open the letter and you can see that I did in fact not change my number. So what I have done is I have made a commitment. I, I did something which I could not change afterwards. And this is the same when we do pay to script hash. Also a hash is some technical term. I don't know. Also if you, you put in some data and it uh, gives you a, some random looking number, which you cannot revert, but afterwards you can prove that it was this piece of data. So this was this rules, this conditions, which allow you to spend this money. But as the, with the example of the, of this letter on the blockchain, everybody sees that there is a letter. Everybody sees that this is a pay to script hash address. And so Taproot allows us, also by using some mathematical uh, properties of this new signature scheme, but Taproot allows us to make uh, such commitments, also to put some such letters on the blockchain, which are hidden and I cannot change, but without making them obvious. So to summarize, after the Taproot update, I can make a transaction where I send Bitcoin into some output, also to some address, which has 
which which could have uh, which could e be either a single a single key variant like your normal trace or what, but also some complex script but you will not be able to see it on the blockchain. So it is still there. So afterwards, if uh, the, the receiver wants to, or the counterparty wants to spend this coin using this Bitcoin script, we still can prove that it was there. This letter is there. This commitment is unchangeable and it was there from the beginning. It could not be changed. But it's only visible after I, I provide some additional information. So... Yeah, so, this yes. thing got complicated. But, yeah, no, but what are the advantages? So now everybody can see if it's a multi-sig uh, wallet or uh, spending or if it's a single uh, spending, like if I pay you. yeah. Mm -hmm. So now on the blockchain, you can see that because it's transparent. Is this the right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And in the future, with Taproot activated, we can hide that. So nobody can differentiate. Is it a... Uh, a spending that went to a single wallet or to a multi-sig wallet or a more complicated script like a smart contract maybe? Yes, so in a, so in a way every conditional script is a smart contract. By so how do you define it? But um, the difference is uh, most of the transactions are single, uh, single key addresses and the, the, if you have, if you see a different one, it stands out. And now you have one large anonymity set and every transaction, every output will look the same and you no longer can differentiate between if this is a single key address or if it's some complex script and lightning, also to get the, the connection to lightning, lightning is also a multi-sig wallet. So every lightning channel, so every funding transactions into a, into a lightning channel is just a two of two multi-sig wallet. And you will also not be able to differentiate this. Okay. Um, That's great because then you can't differentiate between a regular payment on-chain or opening a channel, right? Yes. This has, for example, today, also Lightning chains are not private because you're, a public channel is also gossiped around the Lightning network, also the, the gossip network. So every Lightning node tells other nodes that I have this channel now. So even after Taproot, you will see, you will still be able to see these public channels. But nowadays you also can infer, uh, about private channels because after closing, you see that this was this, uh, two of two script. And to be honest, most, uh, two of two outputs on the blockchain probably are lightning channels. And if then this, uh, this, this coin, which comes out of this wallet is later spent in another, uh, multi-sig address, Okay, then I can guess uh, that's probably a Lightning wallet with some private and some public channels, and all this stuff is no longer possible. So I can the private channels really can could be more private than today. Let's say it like that. So it it helps uh, for privacy reasons. And uh, also as the transactions get smaller because single key addresses don't also use less space, uh, it also gets cheaper for uh, opening and closing transactions. Cool. So that means transaction fees on chain, on the Bitcoin blockchain, will uh, get lower because of it. Yeah. So if, 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 if anybody or if all exchanges and wallets implement it, right? Um, so for normal addresses, we won't be, as for normal uh, transactions with single keys, won't be that much difference, but especially for multi-sig transactions or lightning transactions, this, also funding and closing transactions, this will save space. And, of course, yes, we will see how far, the, also how fast the adoption will go. But especially in Lightning, where development is generally relatively fast, 
eigentlich also faster than to the base layer, I would expect that this, that we will see this in the next, also year, also it's not tomorrow and not in half year, so, so it will take some time. Also what I omitted a small detail about Taproot, with Taproot, this advantage of hiding that this was some more complex transaction only applies if all participants in this multi-sig setup uh, agree with each other. If, for example, in the, in the context of Lightning, if this is a non, also if it's a unilateral clause, the other, also a force clause, the other party is not here and does not want to cooperate with me or just went away, then I still, also then I still need to provide this script, which was hidden, also this hidden, then I have to open this hidden letter, this hidden commitment and still provide the script and prove that this script was in fact that one that was committed to. But this is the, this more seldom case, but in the regular case we will prove, okay. also we will get improvements. Now you lost me a little bit, but it doesn't matter. I guess these are things that developers need to know, right? Yeah, for lightning operators, force clauses still won't also cost more and will not be that private. Also you will recognize force clauses on the blockchain. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. So, and I think there are also new possibilities with Schnorr signatures. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, this was the second point I wanted to come to, and thank you for asking. Um, Schnorr, signature, Schnorr signatures in general uh, are just a different algorithm of doing signatures with the same uh, uh, pieces we have already, so the same cryptographic primitives, it's the same private keys and stuff, but in a more elegant way. Uh, in fact, Schnorr signatures are even older than the ones we're using today, but they have been patented and just the patent protection ran out 2009 and uh, now we can use them. Also, even Satoshi thought about Schnorr already, but back then there was uh, no standards around this. It was not that well proven. And But in fact, also, sorry for, uh, for running away, but in fact, uh, Schnorr allows you, also if you want to remember one key feature of Schnorr signatures in math without going to details, details Schnorr you can uh, do a lot of cool stuff by adding and combining signatures, keys and private keys. For example, I can, I have three distinct private keys, I just add them together. Then I have three public keys. I just add them together. Then each of the person with the private key makes a distinct own signature with, its, with her or his own private key. And then we just add up the signatures. And in the end, we have one signature which matches the one public key. And this is a, a property which can be used for lots of cool tricks. But uh, keep the math away. Uh, for Lightning, this means um, if we look into a lightning payment. So a lightning payment goes through several channels. And one important property is that also each of these uh, hops, in each of these hops, one node says to the next node, I can, I will give you this money if you forward it to the next node. And the node, the money is not just uh, free for taking, it's locked with some kind of secret. This is hash lock. So there's a hash in this transaction. The, and this goes from hop to hop to hop until the receiver, also the the one who wants to, who created this lightning invoice, who wants to receive this money, which is also the person who came up with the secret. When this person gets the money, it takes the money from the last hop, from the last channel, but it can only do so when providing the secret. So the, 
they, la they hope before learns the secrets, they hope before learns the secrets. So with the act of taking the money, this uh, an atomic act, so by taking the money, the other side of this uh, channel learns the secret and can now take the money from the other side and from the other side and from the other side. And so this, this goes back until the sender. And at le in the end, the sender learns this, also the, the last hop from the sender learns the secret and gets the money. And so this is all atomic. So everybody gets his money or nobody gets his money. So it's the money moves through all these hops at once or it doesn't move at all. It's a, the core feature and the, this what makes uh, multi-hop payments possible. Uh, but one uh, bad thing about this is that every hop has the same secret. So if the lightning payment goes through several channels, or if it's a multi-part payment and it goes, uh, splits the payment about uh, several channels, also several paths, not channels, um, and some nodes are colluding, they can realize, oh, it's the same hash here, the same secret here, so ah, this must be the same payment. And also if there's some kind of forced close and the payment, as the, the transaction goes on chain, also this, this, uh, secret get, goes on chain because to claim the money, I need to publish the, the secret behind the hash. And I, by publishing it, the, the payer no longer has a pay, also a payment proof because now it's public and everybody has this proof. But, um, to shorten this up with, with Schnorr or the new possibilities of Schnorr, you can create a different scheme um, which allows you to use different secrets along the hop but keeping the properties the same so the if one node also if one hop as so a one node in that for example the, the receiver takes its money also his hers money out of the channel he updates this channel transaction and in this transaction is all the information the previous hop needs to claim her money from the previous node and so on and so on until the, the sender. But this is not, so not like before where everybody sees the same secret. In Schnorr, you can do this with uh, point time locked contracts. Also in comparison to today, we have this hash time locked contracts. Now we have point locked contracts. And this is, um, you can, so how to explain this? You can, so you, you can create signatures with Schnorr, which you uh, on purpose modify with some tweak. This uh, adapters, so you adapt the signature, it's called adapter signature, and you give the signature to your peer, and only when you publish the real signature, the one where you which you create to take the money, combining these two signatures, the peer has enough information to extract the secret. And this secret must not be the same for everybody. I just can make up different uh secrets for all the hops, also when I am the also creating this payment path. And as we know in Lightning, every all packets are encrypted for the respect as a respective uh nodes. We have this onion routing, like in Tor, so we have this packets of packets of packets and each is encrypted. And for each node I have this this specific separate distinct uh, secrets. So they, even if they are colluding, they say, oh, I have a payment secret seven, I have a payment secret for this hop 12. Don't know if these are the same payments. Of course, yes, there are other ways to correlate payments. For example, if they're time or amount and stuff like that, but, but it's not that obvious as before. So it's also a privacy improvement and people and, and nodes can't collude and steal your money, right? Also they, they couldn't steal it before neither. There were other attacks like, so if if um, if your payment with H 
hash time lock conquest goes to several colluding nodes. They could, they could steal the fees of the nodes between them. Or if you reuse a hash, yes, nodes could steal your money if you reuse a payment hash. It's all, which we come later to with, uh, why we don't want to reuse invoices. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it makes the, also it's more privacy and a little bit more secure. Um, and on chain, the improvement for Lightning uh, is the, what we said before, that you yes. can't see anymore. Is it the Lightning output or Lightning channel or not? Yes. Um, and so right now we have not uh, Taproot available. So it will be in two weeks. Even in two weeks, we will not have Taproot in Lightning because it's still not implemented anywhere. Uh, still, uh, a as a specification is running. Um, but even then, to, also, if you want to get this improvement on chain, you would need to open a new channel because this transaction which opened your channel is already made. It's already out there on the blockchain and it is already a non-taproot transaction. But nevertheless, you could still, so if you'd say, okay, I have this channel open for three years and it's, I have so much fun with it and it's, I don't want to take this cost and I don't, care that is not a taproot transaction right now, you can still use the other advantage, this uh, point time locked contracts within this channel, because uh, within the channel, you, also without reopening the channel, because within the channel, two nodes uh, all the time exchange transactions off time. And you could make some special uh, transition transaction, which spans the old two of two output into a new two of two taproot output, so you make one from this old multisig to a taproot multisig, also off-chain, just keep it off-chain like all the other state transactions you have also off-chain, and then use this as your base. So this would be possible to use in the channel without reopening. Okay, so now you got me because, so that means node operators or routing node operators or everybody who has a wallet with channels has to change this and reopen new channels to profit from Taproot? Mm, only if they want this privacy on-chain. I guess it will come like this. Uh, the major implementations will implement this point time lock contract. You won't, do, won't need to do anything. Your node will automatically broadcast that it has this new feature bit set. Now my node also supports this. And then they can use it within the channels so that we have this payment path decorrelation I've explained in the second example. But if you really want this on-chain privacy and smaller closing transactions, then you would one time, it, it will automatically affect your new channels when you open them. I guess the lightning implementations will then use uh, pay to taproot outputs, but it will be up the operator's decision because it's, it's not necessary to, to close the channels if they are working for you and payments are flowing through. So. So I'm a little bit relaxed now. That means like I'm, I'm running a Raspberry blitz. So yeah. what you're saying is the Raspberry Blitz implementation will do everything for me? Yeah, yeah. Also LND in this example or oh okay now it also supports C Lightning since the last version I saw. But yeah, the, the the node implementation will probably do the most for you and Raspberry Blitz is a really nice distribution. They package everything very easy to maintain and set up, so no stress. Uh, now I, I had a, have another question because it came to my mind now uh, when you were talking about the different um, possibilities to run lightning nodes. I mean, 
What is it that you are doing at Coinfinity with uh, with Nodes backend engineer? It's not Lightning Nodes, or is it is it full Nodes? Yeah, also, Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. Also, of course, we are for all services which involve sending and receiving coins. We need some on-chain backend, and so this is a more or less boring task. Just keeping the nodes running, just keeping them in sync, uh, and monitor if they're stuck. Also, also, also for sending. Of course, you have this fee management, so don't pay too much fees, don't pay too less fee. Customers are angry if they don't get the money in time. And yeah, and for Lightning, it's a little bit more difficult. Also, also difficult is more sophisticated or more interesting. You have to maintain a balance in each direction if you want to receive and send money. And but it's it makes it easier for us to send. Uh, also, it will make it easier for us to send uh, cheaper payments out. Also, to save fees for. So Basically, Coinfinity is working on Lightning integration to the exchange service. Yes, as it's uh, definitely on the roadmap. So I guess I don't tell any secrets here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and but when when we're talking about Lightning or also Bitcoin on chain, um, with Bitcoin on chain, it's easy to send money. So you just the customer, also from an uh, ATM provider or exchange point of view, you give me your address, I send you money. You cannot do, also possibly almost cannot do anything wrong. Uh, you should give me your address and not some, but, but otherwise you, you cannot do many things wrong. When receive, also when we receive, also when I want to receive money from a customer, it's, it gets a little bit more difficult. For example, um, customers send too less, too much, don't send in time and stuff like that. And for example, and when you go to the supermarket and you pay with your card, you cannot pay too less or too much. This, this, this terminal makes everything for you. It's very really customer friendly. And Lightning had, is, has in this case a really big improvement because you have, with Lightning, you have this Lightning invoice, this Bolt 11, so Bolt is this Lightning specification stuff, this Lightning invoice QR code, which contains everything. So if I want to receive money and I say, okay, send me 100 Satoshis, then you, then your wallet can only send me exactly this amount in this time. And if you send it later, this invoice is not valid anymore. If you, so that's, that's an improvement. But on the other side, when I want to send you money, this is really hard with lightning. For example, uh, we agree. I, I, so, you give me 10 euros, I want, I should send you the amount in Lightning, but then you pr uh, provide me with an invoice with a wrong SAT amount, not the one we agreed about. For example, you, you want more SATs than we agreed, or, or your Lightning wallet set, or you set the timeout of 10 seconds and I was not fast enough, or I want to send and then you, you have a mobile wallet which is not online all the time. And so this is what Lightning, uh, where Lightning still has its uh, usability problems today. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if, if we want to, uh, so this is, as I want to code uh, direction of LN URL, if yes, you know, please. because, um, LN URL, I don't know, I guess you know it from by hearing. I, I know it by name, yeah, but I don't know what it is and how it works and how it helps. LN URL is uh, a service specification, also a protocol, which is sitting on top of Lightning. It's, uh, it defines some HTTP, also, Web service endpoints where you can go to a node. Also, if this node is LN URL compatible, you can go to this node. So give me an invoice and then the node creates a fresh invoice for you. And 
how to do this. So how this request should look like, how you encode this, how you present this to a user. So for example, how do you encode this into a QR code? This specification is called LN URL. Um, so this is a, a specification outside of Lightning. It's, it just uses the Lightning nodes to ask them, generate me a Lightning invoice or stuff like that. And this is a protocol above. It's an application layer protocol. And it really has some, as it makes, uh, it has several sub protocols, but the, the one, the two ones which are most uh, useful are the LN pay, also LN URL pay and LN URL withdraw. And withdraw is the, solves the problem I described before. If I want to send the customer money or an ATM, for example, you, you are an ATM, you're a customer, you want to put in 10 euros, you want to receive it via Lightning, then the ATM can display you an LN URL withdraw QR code. You don't know all this stuff. You just scan this QR code. Your wallet knows this protocol. Then the wallet sees, okay, I need to create an invoice about 2000 Satoshis. Then I will receive 2000 Satoshis. Of course, I want Satoshis. So why should I not create an invoice? And the wallet knows everything to contact these, the, the lightning node behind the ATM, send it an invoice and receive this money via lightning. And the user had nothing to do, just scanning a QR code. So it's, it's optimizing the usability of lightning. Is that right? A lot. Also a standardization, basically. Uh, that's the problem. It's not a problem. It's the the Lightning specification is organized in this bold, this base of Lightning technology. This is like the RFCs for the internet. And the LN URL came up from application developers. I guess it was Fiat Chaff, the the guy behind the LNTX bot. Or I don't know if he was the inventor, but he's one of was one of the driving uh, players behind this. And um, now it is a lot of wallets implemented and it's really useful. So I'm, I'm glad that it's, that it's here, but it's not really an official specification. It's just an established specific, so established standard. And this, this was the one direction. The other direction is, as I said before, or I mentioned before, with Lightning invoices, they also have some problems. They are cool that the, pay, the customer sending me money cannot do so much wrong. It's, can only send this amount in time and stuff, but it has other drawbacks. Uh, an invoice is only valid for some limited time. It's definitely only single use. I cannot have an QR code on my bar like uh, in room 77, just send the Bitcoins there. So, and this is also something with, also which can be solved with LNURL. This is the other sub protocol, the LNURL pay, which is which allows you to have a static QR code and behind the static QR code is just information how to reach your node and request a fresh, uh, so yes, request a fresh invoice for every payment. For example, you could put up this on your homepage and just define, okay, min and max amounts as you could optionally define min and max amounts. And then everybody can use this static QR code to send you sats every time. And, but one drawback of, of this LNURL stuff is it's working over HTTP, so it's working over web requests. So you need somewhere a web server, which, also you need some, some HTTPS, some websites, which receives these requests. And from there it goes to your node and creates this new invoice and stuff. But it needs some, so some URL, so URL, you need some web page where you have this. And, this is, is not a problem for exchanges or online stores because they have a website at all and the public, but it's, it is bad for privacy or even possible for private users. For example, if I want to 
I want to tip you privately, regularly, without asking you each time for a new invoice. You would need to set up a homepage. You need with a public IP address and so on. And this is why there are, uh, there are a lot of considerations to move at least parts of this cool workflow, which really, really improves the user experience into this bold specification. Also this bold is like the BIPs for Bitcoin or RFCs for internet, this core specification, which every lightning implementation should implement or must implement. And until now we have 11 bolts, also they are numbered from encryption, base layer, gossip, whatever. And bolt 11 is this, the specification of this invoice format. This is what you have today when you scan the lightning QR code. When, when you want to pay via Lightning. And Bolt 12 uh, is this new specification for Lightning offers. Uh, this is the driving force behind this is Rusty Russell from Blockstream and C-Lightning. And he also made a web page about this, Bolt12.org, where he explains his use cases. But this is really, really cool stuff. So it's, it, also from my perspective, from my personal point of view, this should not make LNURL, uh, obsolete because LNURL is cool and it's developing really fast. It allows application developers to build solutions quickly and fast. And if all wallets adopt it, it's good. But it's, this will give us even more capabilities like recurring payments or refunds or proof of payment, also proof of payer, because until now you can just prove, I cannot prove that I have paid you. And if I want a refund, you don't know if I'm the person who, who you could, who you should send a refund. But, and it also uses the, the lightning routing protocol. So it's with this private onion, also with this Tor-like private routing. So nobody sees where this is coming from. You don't need to disclose your own node ID. So even the receiver of the payment does not need to know who you are, also which, what is the idea, also the, the light, the ID of your lightning node or your lightning wallet, but you still can prove that you have paid it if you later want to claim a refund, for example. Yeah, lots of improvements here because I mean, proof of payer is not possible in, in Bitcoin and also not on lightning at the moment. As in, Step, what? in Bitcoin, you could. And you can prove. Uh, yeah, you can prove the possession of, yeah, yeah but, uh, yeah. But, but in I Lightning, think this, this will be much more easier than for the user, huh? Yeah. And so, for example, so yes. And in the future, I imagine this is not, these are not things the user has to do manually. This should all be integrated in some workflow, also user UX, UX flow, which is presented to you by your wallet and the merchant. And you just claim a refund. The merchant can, your wallet automatically, uh, transmits the proof of payment. Okay. The, the merchant sees, okay, I have a proof that this was the person who sent the money. So if I send, if I decide to send a refund, it's okay to send it to this person because now I cannot prove that I was sender. And also what uh, Rusty was proposing for Bolt 12 is this uh, topic of recurring payments. Um, also it will not be like recurring payments today, like, like where your money, also where the bank takes out the money of your bank account. It's more of a, like, kind of a user-controlled uh, recurring payment. So it's, you as a user in your wallet would say, okay, I want this subscription for whatever product, and then I am okay with that. And then your wallet saves locally that you are okay with this amount and this time interval and stuff and all these conditions. And then you can, also the, 
the wallet uh, automatically approves this every time this payment is requested. But if you want to stop it, you just say your wallet, so I don't want, want this anymore. And it's, it's like a, a push principle, not pull. So the, it's not pulled out of your wallet. You push it actively. So the control stays with you. But recurring payments are important for, for merchants. So it's a lot of business models. Uh, yeah, like for co content creators, for instance. Yes. Uh, or all, all these uh, Patreon uh, uh, subscriptions, like uh, supporting creators on a monthly basis um, will become much more easier, right? Yes. And uh, also what you said before, if I think about like, if I were a merchant and uh, you want a refund, I mean, it's very complicated at the moment, you know, I mean, I know PayPal enables this, but like if you uh, have to do this through your bank, you first have to prove, um, did the payer really pay me like in your e-commerce uh, uh, store? And then you have to do lots of things uh, like manually also. Um, so I guess this will be much easier for merchants and also for customers in the future. Um, so, and also those static QR codes, codes are very cool. Um, and I think there's also something called lightning address. Ah, what yes. is, what is, what, what is this? Uh, lightning address is also pretty cool. I, from a user point, also my personal opinion, from a user point of view, uh, lightning address, uh, is built on top of Allen URL pay. Also Allen URL pay is the static QR code for payment, but not yet this bold 12, which will be part of specification. But to be honest, bold 12 is not specified yet. So it is in, in the, in the work, working now. Um, and Allen URL pay is there already today and all wallets or almost all wallets support it. So it was, uh, I understand the decision to build this on top of this, but if, Lightning address, um, you can have an identifier, also like an email address. It's, it looks like an email address as for our listeners. So like hello at anitaposch.com. And I can send money, as I can send lightning to this address. And what happens in the background is the, the sending wallet just takes the, the URL part behind the ad, this anitaposch.com, goes to this web server, similar to the LNUL example before. And under a special fixed defined path, also dot well known, blah, blah, also as one special URL on this web server, it asks for this LN URL request, give me a new invoice. So it just says, uh, Hey, I want you to send 500 Satoshis. If you want this money, please give me an invoice. And this is all, it's just a layer on top, also a layer on top of LN URL because LN URL is still a QR code. And QR codes are made for machines. They are clumsy. They are, also they are cool for scanning from, over a visual interface. And I don't need to type stuff, but, but sometimes for humans, it's easier to, also it's not easier. It's much easier to remember an email address like a, than a QR code. I guess not much people could do this. <laughs> and it's another uh, step into more usability. Okay, what, what would I need for that? What do I need for that? I mean, I, I as a receiver, it seems I need my own domain, so it doesn't work for Gmail. Uh, yes, also, also you will not, you will only be able to use it with your own domains or domains which allow it to use like this, because under this, uh, behind this domain, this URL needs to be placed. So Gmail won't work, but, um, Today, a lot of custodial, also some custodial wallets, so if lightning wallets where your funds are under their custody, uh, provide this as, as an additional service. 
this is, would be one way. The other way is, uh, if you have your own Lightning nodes, but not your own web server or don't want to host this stuff, you can use uh, bridge servers, which um, which give you their domain. So similar like creating an email address at jmix.com, I get this at jmix.com domain. You can, for example, tinytip.me or stuff like that. They give you an a domain and you can choose the username. So like Anita at tinytip.me or whatever. I don't know if this is the exact domain. And you then have just specify an contact, also the, the address of your node and this special, uh, uh, authentication parameters, this macaroon, which allows this service to fetch invoices from your node. So it's really easy. You just go to this website, choose your username, and then post your lightning, so your, your Raspberry Blitz on your address in there. And on your, there's an uh, explanation how to create this invoice macaroon. So this, this is a special uh, permission, which only allows the service to create invoices, nothing else, because it should not be able to take the money from you. This is an, Relatively easy solution, for example, if you have your own node, like Raspberry Blitz, but you still have this domain, also just this domain which they offer, so you cannot use your own domain. And you also lose a little bit of privacy because they see every payment. They cannot take anything, they cannot uh, can steal stuff, but they just see flowing through all the payments. And the, the full uh, full package would be, as you have your own domain, anitaposch.com, you can either uh, host this this service, which this, this is an open source solution, this uh, SAT address, or SAT address, I guess it's called, um, or you can even use a normal uh, redirection in your Apache or Nginx web server at this special URL and let it point to some LN URL implementation. Sounds complicated, but you can, on Raspberry Blitz, you could install uh, LN bits, and with LN bits, you can have these extensions, and one of these extensions is LN URL pay, and you just need to redirect from this special URL to your Raspberry Blitz LN well pay, and then you can have hello at anitaposch.com for a lightning address. It's, it's, to me, it sounds like it's for still for advanced users, but it's doable. There's yeah. The middle path, also the, if, if you just use this uh, bridge mm -hmm. services, then it's relatively easy. Also, if you have your own node or use custodial. If I'm a... Uh, Listener of my show, and I want to tip at hello anitaposch.com. What would I need to tip me? Like, ah, can I use which? Can I use a wallet? I mean, yes. Uh, on this, the, on the webpage lightningaddress.com, you see a list of wallets who allow sending to this kind of addresses. Because a lot of, and nowadays a lot of wallets are almost, also most of wallets I know, at least mobile wallets. Uh, already do or plan to, to support this feature in the near future. Okay, so we read somebody, you would have to look up lightningaddress.com, um, I guess, was it? And there you will see which wallets can do that already. Okay, cool. So, uh, Johnny, we, we have been talking about a lot of new improvements. Um, do you have any examples how the future of payments in a way with Lightning and Bitcoin can look like? like not not today, but where are we going? Which use cases might be possible in, let's say, three, five or ten years that we can't imagine now? Um, one thing is, so, this, having this global kind of un unified payment system will reduce a lot of friction. Nowadays, if I want to use services, uh, 
Of course, in some cases you need some custom relationship, but in many cases you don't need. You just need some way to pay stuff. And having this in this unified way, you can, for example, I want to use some online service. I don't need an account. My browser knows how, to, so for example, in 10 years, I have my Lightning Wallet integrated in my, so a small amount of money on my browser. And I want to use some web service, some weather service, which tells me what's the weather in New Zealand. I don't have an account there. I don't need to create an account there. I just make a request and it pays for the single request automatically in the background. Okay, so so like I would not need anymore to go to this weather service, uh, register with my email address, my payment, uh, like Visa card or something like that, or PayPal, and then I can pay, and then I get my my uh, information that I want. It's just integrated in the browser. I yes. click on this service, uh, it's paid. I have my information, and that's it. Or for example, pay per view, like I uh, don't want to uh, subscribe to a newspaper, I just want to read a single article. I have set my preferences in my browser. I'm I'm about, so I'm ready to pay at maximum this amount of Satoshis per article. And if this is below this amount, I just click it, then my browser pays it. I don't have to do anything. And it's uh, frictionless, so the, the word is frictionless. And Or in the physical world, I go with my electrical vehicle somewhere. I want to need some power. I don't have an account with this charging station. I just go there. There's this unified payment system. There's this unified way to transfer value without needing an agreement with Visa. Okay, they don't accept Visa. They don't accept MasterCard, whatever, whatever. It just is this frictionless way of transferring value. And I know of a guy who already built that. He built a lightning-enabled power station for a Tesla, yeah, for his own Tesla. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, I can I can uh, put the the link to it in the show notes, and I can send it to you afterwards. Uh, yeah, he already has done that. So you can charge a Tesla over lightning already. Um, yeah, and I think. Um, from the user perspective, if I'm a customer in the real world, in the real world, like in a retail store, uh, you told me that there's also a kind of a cool option for the future. Yes, uh, the, for example, with Bolt 12, not only the stuff comes which you have talked before, you can also attach metadata to a payment in a secure and private way, so nobody sees it on the way. But you can optionally, uh, for example, I'll. In my wallet, I have uh, stored some default delivery address. And then I go, imagine, to some retail store like IKEA or stuff. And just on each article, I scan a QR code. And that's it. With the scanning, maybe I just have to confirm if it's above some amount. But I just have one single click. And this single click pays the article and automatically uh, submits all the information, the delivery address, all the, the need to deliver it. And they just collect all my all my buys around over this day. And at the end of the day, I got I have nothing to do than just scanning, clicking, and that's it. And have done a, a payment and ordered and delivery address was submitted. Okay, so you 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 walk through a shop, a retail store. You scan QR codes from the things you want to buy, and you want to have to uh, deliver delivered it to your home. And they have every, you don't need to do anything anymore. That's it. That's it. Payment and inf information submission is in the same step. And it doesn't even need to be a QR code. Maybe in future we use NFC or whatever. It just needs to be some kind of information flow between these two devices. And 
And it's all, all without banks. I mean, all without uh, payment providers. It's just between you and the store, man, the merchant, basically. Yes, directly with no man in the middle and frictionless. It's so much easier for the user. It's, and this is, at the moment, we have a lot of friction. It's hard to understand. It's hard to use. But this is just the beginning. So, we, so I don't know if we have this in 10 years, maybe 15 or maybe earlier. Uh, but, but this is the way where we are heading to. And this is that's what I am seeing. And it's also globally possible. So the same thing, uh, you could be like in China, uh, walk through a store, scan these things and maybe have sent it home. Right? Of course. Or you, it, yeah. Yeah. It's, you, you had, it's like one, if we just, if we just could have one global payment system, now it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, Johnny, thank you for that. Uh, that was great. Um, what are your expectations? Um, because I mean, you're in Bitcoin and Lightning for a long time. Um, what are your expect expectations for the upcoming future, like in the next one, two years? Yeah, I guess, I, I hope we will see a lot of improvement in the Lightning, on, also on, on Lightning layer, technolo technologically. I won't promise, or I won't hope too much. So I won't uh, set the expectations too high that we have from use perspective is so much will change because it's a slow process, but, but I see a lot of new, uh, companies flowing in, which want to build on top of this. And this is also a, if more businesses see this, this advantage they can get besides the financial advantage, the, the, the tools you can build with this, then, also I guess this will give this a big, uh, big, uh, give all us as a big improvement and push us forward. And, and from the software developer side, I mean, you're a, a long time uh, engineer and software developer. Do you have any uh, tips, for instance, like um, information for upcoming uh, developers, uh, tips uh, and tricks or how to find a job uh, or, or things like that? Uh, Run a Bitcoin node. <laughs> Go to bitcoin.org, read the developer or learnmeabitcoin.com. Do you know this page? Learn me a Bitcoin. Also, no. I guess it was, uh, we will skip, uh, put in the show notes. This is, uh, really visually nice, uh, presented, also for the base layer, so for the Bitcoin protocol layer. You can, as a visually explained how a block is looking like, you can, you have even a block explorer, which shows you all the fields, explains them. This was, it's, 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 it's learnme at bitcoin.com. Yeah. Yeah. And so start with using it. And if it's, if you're interested in some point, then look into this further. And so the mailing lists are not that, uh, beginner friendly. So for the Bitcoin mailing list or lightning dev mailing list, mailing list, a lot of, uh, mathematical details and a lot about implementing. But they're also interesting to get up, to, to keep uh, up to date with new ideas and stuff. So don't be shy and also subscribe to mailing lists, read. The Bitcoin op, also Bitcoin op tech newsletter is also very, very uh, exciting. Okay, cool. Thank you. And uh, can people contact you? Where and how? Uh, yes. Also I have a webpage where all my accounts are linked and also at Twitter. So also only at Twitter. That's at Wautzi Bautzi. 
<laughs> that's difficult. <laughs> For I'm, I'm putting it in the show. Yeah, I don't know how to speak it in English correctly. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, your company is Coinfinity, and I think you can find it at coinfinity.co. Co, yes, not so not my company. I'm working there. Uh, um, but yeah. <laughs> would be cool if it's where you are <laughs> but the guy who belongs to Max is also a really cool guy also early Bitcoiner from Austria and yes I know and I can say that Coinfinity supported me all along the way from the first moment on I did my podcast uh, Coinfinity supported my work and uh, that was a great move and thanks to Max for that um, via this podcast and uh, thank you, Johnny, for uh, all the expl explanations. And um, and if you're looking for jobs, look uh, confinity.co slash jobs. Ah, so you're searching for people. Great. Developers are rare everywhere. <laughs> Developers are rare, yeah. Cool. Thank you very much. Have a good day, Johnny. Thank you, Anita. Have a nice day. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and sorry again for the bad audio quality. Please subscribe to my podcast and recommend it to your friends. The more, the better. See you next week when it's time for the Anita Post Show. Bye.